0: Good evening, everybody. This is Tuesday, September nineteenth, five thirty p.m. Our regular scheduled council meeting. could I get a roll call, please?
1: Seven council members are present this evening.
0: Thank you. We're going to start tonight with an invocation from spiritual leader Marianne Shepherd. Could everybody please stand?
2: We pray for Bullhead City and its administration. Divine Spirit, use us to create a progressive city that continues to reflect your will, your vision, your peace. In this moment, we recognize the power and the wisdom you have given us to create anew, the world that will bless all of the residents. We ask for new light, knowing the infinite possibilities we are capable of. We are one nation under God, indivisible. We are united and pray for the benefits of all people. May our beautiful river be free of accidents this season. May your our roads be filled with patient drivers. Illumine our minds. Use us, dear Lord, as never before, as part of a great and mighty plan for the good of this city. Flood our hearts with your vision of tomorrow. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings and grace. Amen. Amen.
3: Please join me in the pledge of our flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation
0: Please be seated. All right, we're doing our call to public. If you're an individual, you have three minutes to speak. If you're part of a group and you need the time, you can have five minutes, let us know in advance. So we're gonna start. Who would like to come up first? Anybody?
4: Hi, my name is Jacqueline Edge and I'm here in Bullhead. I just wanted, I guess it's too late because I noticed there's a vape shop going in across the street from the middle school. It's Vape Pirates USA. I'm concerned that we're, I get it that that's more of a parenting issue, but I'm just wondering if the city people, and I already called planning and zoning, I know there's so much going through my head, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep it straight and I didn't have time to make notes. I'm concerned that the planning and zoning commission and I don't know if you guys have any say in how this goes and what business is going, I'm concerned that they're not thinking. If they're approving vape shops to go across the street from a middle school, which has a high school just down the block, and there's already a vape shop down the block this way, we already have an issue with fifth and sixth graders vaping. It's a huge issue. I don't know what you guys can do, but I'm really concerned that we're headed in a wrong direction. Toby over here wants us to grow to 100,000 people. We're not gonna do that, just bringing vape shops into town, right? It's really concerning. I really want people of Bullhead to think about this. Do not go give them business, maybe. I don't know, we need to think outside the box but I don't wanna see a bunch of kids vaping, which is already a huge issue because they kind of market to kids, just like they did back in, I don't know, the 70s or 80s with the whole cigarette thing. We're literally repeating history. So whatever we can do to fix that, that'd be great. I'm fine, if you're an adult, you wanna vape, great. Can we not put it across the street from kids? That's all, thank you so much, have a nice day.
0: Thank you. Anyone else?
5: Good evening. I'm Ray White. I'm the site director with Nation's Finest in Bullhead City. We serve uh, all of Mojave County, into Laughlin, and into Needles, California, working to uh, help homeless and at risk low income veterans maintain housing. We have uh, services that address Healthcare needs, uh, work searches. Um, we provide a, a great deal of service to the veteran population in Mojave County. Uh, we have an event coming up on October 7th, our second annual Game of Throws, a cornhole tournament. We will also have a car show there, food trucks, uh, things for the kids to do. Um uh, you can find it on our webpage or at our website, nationsfinest.org, and uh we would appreciate the uh population in the area coming out and helping us to support our low-income veterans in Mojave County. Additionally, we have another event on october eighteenth where We will be having what they call our community engagement roadshow. We will have our mobile service unit here that goes out to engage uh, low income veterans that are not in the metropolitan areas. Um, We also will be. uh, um, Recognizing veterans and uh, organizations in Mojave County and northern Arizona that have provided a great deal of service to our low low income veteran populations. Again that's on uh, October 18th 9 a.m. to 1 the cornhole tournament is on October 7th from 10 to 5 bags fly at 11. Come on out and have a good time with us.
0: Thank you.
6: Excuse me, sir.
5: Where, where, is, where is your Did you have a question? Over
3: here.
7: Over here, over sir. Here. Sir, over here, over here. Over here, over here. Ah. Uh, the want- location, you didn't announce the location. Okay. Uh, the location is Rotary Park on Balboa
5: down by the river. Um, the uh, recognition event will be at the uh, Veterans Memorial Eternal Flame. Park right on the river. Okay, okay thank, thank you.
0: you. Anyone else,
3: Eva?
8: Eva Corbett, Bullhead City. Hello, everybody, and Toby Carter. Uh, when it, Sean isn't here tonight, and I don't, I don't know what, but. Um, Anyway, I wanted to announce his fundraiser coming up on Thursday night, and I know there's another big event at the Fieldhouse with MEC, but do remember our veterans and the canine service he provides. It's bingo night, and it's going to be at the Mojave Association of Realtors building on Hancock. I think it's $20 buy-in, and there's no cash prizes, but there are prizes there for the winners. Also, you know I love cats and we're doing an event for we care for animals on October the 8th, which is a Sunday. And that will be at Mojave Steakhouse. And we hope you guys will come and support us. Last time we did really well. And uh, I want to invite the oh, Jeff, I want to invite the animal shelter people to come. So I'll send them a special invitation. Thank you very much. Thank Did you. I give all? Oh, October the 8th at Mojave Steakhouse from 2 to 4. Thank you. Thank you.
9: Next. Another tall girl. Good evening, everyone. Sue DeMarco, board member with Saint. Um, good evening. I want to start out by thanking a couple people, and for one, our mayor, who came out to our bowling event. Uh, on Sunday and uh, The city bowled against the county Hilde Angus and guess who won? <laughs> the mayor won and he's like a little kid when he wins I'm telling you he was happy. He was getting strikes after strike, and I was really excited for him So that was a really great day. He brought in a lot of attention. We we filled every uh, bowling lane from 1 to 34 so we did make good money that day. It was the first time I did silent auction um, because we're no longer able to sell raffle or 50-50. And so the silent auction really went well, better than I expected. And we raised a lot of money for the animals that are in great need, special, especially our medical fund. Um, also, I wanted to recognize Sean Reagan who brought Bella out to uh, the event and before they started bowling, she was like perfect. I mean, she was better behaved than all the kids that I seen out there. And she is coming along so good. You know, we adopted her and then Sean took her in his own care and now he's adopted her. So Bella's really coming along and she'll make a, some veteran a very nice partner. So we're really proud of him for that. I wanna thank all of our supporters and our donors for that day of bowling because it's my favorite event This is our 11th year of doing that. And I was so excited and it was just such a great turnout. And I wanna thank our newest foster, Gina, who has a dog named Dudley. And Dudley's gonna be a very expensive boy because he needs a lot of dental work. He came out of our shelter, he was there for 113 days. So now he's in the care of Gina and he's doing great. I think she's falling in love with him so it looks like it may be a foster failure and we like that even though she can still take on another dog. <laughs> so anyway, thank you everybody for supporting Saint and we love what you guys do and go adopt, don't shop.
0: Thank you. Anyone else? Good
10: evening, Mayor, Council and staff. I'm Julie Hassett, Bullhead City. I'm here on behalf of Colorado River Concerts. Our website is crconcerts.com. And I want to invite everyone to plan ahead and join us for the 2023-2024 season. We will begin November 16th with Ireland's Greatest Showman. Amazing music, uh, classic uh, Irish music along with um, performances by David Shannon from all of the Broadway and London's West End musicals that he's been in, such as Phantom of the Opera, Les Miserables, Jesus Christ Superstar, Miss Saigon, to name a few. So please join us. Uh, November 16th, uh, we then go into the new year, January 25th, Divas 3, Three Voices, for Decades of Music, of uh, chart-topping hits from top divas in, in, uh, in history. Um, February 21, Vox Fortura. They are an international pop op quartet. They were semi-finalists in Britain's Got Talent. And we end the season March 7th with Key of G Live, The Best of Garth Brooks. Uh, AJ Bisto will be joined by a band of six uh, with fiddle, bass, steel guitar, keys, drums, etc. And we'll be playing the music of the world's best selling, one of the best selling artists, favorite. Um, season tickets are $100 for all four shows, that's the best value. If you wanna just pick and choose and come to one show, you can pay $35 for each ticket. Our concerts are held at Mojave High School Auditorium, which is on the highway, parking's easy, it's local, you don't have to travel across the river, and sponsorships are also welcome and appreciated, which fund our student education and outreach program, which we provide at no charge to the schools and the students, and also to homeschoolers. It's our mission to educate and create uh, musicians and the audience of the future. And we've been doing that for over 20 years. Our organization itself has been around since 1974. So please join us, Uh, we have fabulous music in this community and we love giving this opportunity to people to appreciate what we can do here locally in our town. So crconcerts.com, spend $100. If you can't come to every show, you can give your tickets away, they are transferable and your friends and neighbors will appreciate you for that. And please join us, we'll see you there, crconcerts.com.
0: Thank you anyone else
11: good evening mayor council city administration my name is Larry Toonforce, Bullhead City and the purpose of my visit is I know that our park is now open to the public and there's no gatekeeper um, I'm here to suggest that over the next few months the council might want to revisit who can get in and who can't who has to pay you know, if you live in Fort Mojave, you got to buy your cars in Bullhead City, your furniture, your food, uh, the same if you're in across the river. And so I'd like to see you expand the area, not just to the Bullhead City citizens. When you think about how many people that work in Bullhead and live in Fort Mojave or Mojave Valley or even Topak, um, I think that it, it might be time to just readdress that. I know that there's tracking numbers as to how many people on the weekends from locally get in you know um, I don't think on a Saturday and Sunday a lot of people from Fort Mojave Mojave Valley want to go to the park on the weekends when it's jam-packed but they might want to go during the week and and originally the whole concept of charging was on the weekends and now it's seven days a week so I think maybe they can buy a $20 pass good for the season or something I, I just think there needs to be a better way to take care of our neighbors when it comes to community park thank you
0: Thank you. Is there anyone else?
6: Sir? Paul LeVold, Bullhead City. I guess one of the reasons why I'm here is we recently got some new neighbors, Airbnb, started about two months ago. They pretty much had it rented out the whole time all summer long and we've had to call the cops once, and there's a couple other times they were pretty loud. And I just wondered what the city was planning on doing or trying to curtail either the noise or... But I did a little figuring here, and in Bullhead, there's 500 approximately Airbnbs. And with 40, roughly 40,000 people, that's one Airbnb for 80 people in town, okay? In Phoenix, they have 6,000 Airbnbs, but they have 5 million people. So it's one Airbnb for 800 people. And they're trying to figure out a way to fix their problem. And we got way more concentration, you know, one in 80. So I was just kind of hoping, uh, I know there is some rules or sound or noise meters or something you guys use, but hopefully, You can kinda of curtail the amount of Airbnbs you got in this town because what it's doing is they're paying two hundred thousand dollars too much for a house and then then the taxes go up for all the other houses in the neighborhood. And then but I appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Is there anyone else? All right, then we're gonna close the call to the public.
6: One more. Oh,
0: come on. I didn't see you, sir.
12: my name is jeff kraus i'm bullhead city Uh, i came to ask you for some help Uh, we live up in canyon trails and we live close to the uh, clubhouse that's right there and unfortunately uh, the builder has decided after four years that he's still not going to clean up the lot that's next to the clubhouse and I went down about two months ago down to the building department and asked for their help to see if we could get some help to have the builder at least come in and clean the, the weeds and clean the metal and everything and the rusty nails and such off of the lot. Uh, they said that they would send the code inspector out and he would do what he needed to do. I came back two weeks later and was told that the code enforcement officer said that there was nothing wrong with, those la- with that lot i said okay uh well then he needs to go back out and look again because it's still covered with weeds and there's still metal all over it and there's rusty rusty pieces of metal and people walk through there the neighbors walk through there we walk our dogs through there uh there's construction material there they've got a a pressure relief tank in a crate that's been sitting on a lot so long that the crate has now rotted away the, the, the tank is still there, but the crate is in pieces everywhere. And the nails are spread out everywhere. So suffice it to say, I've been going down to the building department now every two weeks, asking for help. Uh, I was there last week, and I believe his name is Johnny, uh, was not available, he was at FEMA training. Uh, so they brought the code enforcement officer out, who told me, in no uncertain terms, that he had walked this lot four times, that there was no metal in this lot, and there were no weeds so he didn't know what i was talking about and then i needed to just talk to the hoa because obviously it must be an hoa problem well no this is a city problem because this is a lot that's in the middle of a residential area and i left i said okay i left i drove up home parked my car walked across my neighbor's front yard took my phone and took those pictures that are there and i put them in a collage for you because it's it's easier that way if you'll leave if you'll notice on them The top of them are the weeds that aren't on the lot. Uh, We don't have weeds on the lot, we just have small plants. Because when I said, what about the weeds? He said, well, they're not weeds, they're only this tall. So obviously, I didn't know the city did weeds based upon height, but apparently he does. Oh, I'm getting close. Uh, You can see the different pieces of metal. You can see how it's rusted. Uh, You know, it's a danger as far as tetanus and everything else with the people walking through. Uh, And I just would like some kind of help. You know, I don't know why, you know, that he insists why they lie. There's no sense to, there's no reason to lie to the, to the, to not the customers and to the residents. Tell me the truth. Tell me you don't want to walk it through the lot. You don't want to enforce it. I don't care, but I want to know what's going on. Don't lie. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Is there anyone else? Okay, we're going to close the call to the public agenda modifications are there any items to be withdrawn from or moved to the appropriate place on the agenda if not I'll take a waiver motion
7: mr. mayor I move to waive the reading in full of all ordinances and resolutions presented for adoption at this meeting Got
1: Second. Second. your votes seven in favor the motion motion carries
13: all right our managers report good afternoon mayor D'Amico council members uh, real briefly off script um, the the lot up in uh, that was just reference a call to the public. We'll definitely follow up with code enforcement. I had received a call last week that there was a uh, insinuation or thought that there was a city owned parcel up there. Well, there's definitely not a city owned parcel, but if the owner, if the developer, if the HOA has a, lot that needs code enforcement on I'm happy to have code enforcement uh, come in and cite the the HOA or the Property Owners Association or the owner uh, and we'll talk to Phil Peterson and get it cleaned up if in fact he owns it so um, we'll, we'll follow up and uh, also want to comment on the question about the vape store and zoning so really in our zoning code and really in all of Arizona, there's very few things that are regulated and vaping and cigarettes are not, um, and nothing against the comments that were brought up. I mean, those are valid comments and concerns, but right across the street the other way is a Smith's grocery store that also sells the same product. alcohol uh, is regulated we do have some zoning procurement uh, issues um, and some ideals that fall in the zoning code for alcohol and adult uh, bookstores and such but vaping and cigarettes are not they're all over the place and so, unfortunately, you may not like where they're located, such as inside a grocery store or gas station or across the street from a school. But that is not something that we can regulate here per our code. Um, certainly, planning and zoning cannot uh, stop a store from going in. So um, the, I think the resident appropriately pointed out, don't support them if that's how you feel. Um, and I don't mean that flippantly. I just mean that's the only recourse that people would have. Um, getting on to my official report uh, we did talk about cameras in city parks this afternoon at the workshop with the Planning and Zoning Commission Uh, I received clear direction from the City Council and the Park and Rec Commission to move forward with cameras in our parks we will present that to the Council uh, at the appropriate time in the very near future Um, so stay tuned for that issue Uh, Mackenzie Covert our public information officer is going to give You all a quick update on special events in bullhead city and what that looks like in the uh in the weeks ahead uh he'll probably go very quickly because i've given him a two-minute timer
14: honorable mayor and council i will try to be as uh, brief as possible and uh, to respect everyone's time Um, the list of events i have in front of me is is quite quite lengthy but by no means a comprehensive list of events they're going to be happening between now and the end of October. Um, so just to get us started, um, this coming weekend on September 23rd, we have our dive-in movie put on by the rec department at the Municipal Pool, where we'll be playing uh, Hotel Transylvania. Uh, that same day um, at Rotary Park will be the uh, Suicide Awareness and Prevention Walk. Um, the following weekend, September 23rd through the 24th, U.S.S.S.A. softball, uh, will there will be a tournament in uh, rotary park Uh, the following weekend september 30th will be Oktoberfest. so the last weekend of september put on by the chamber of commerce in community park Um, we will also have some things going on uh, at the bullhead bell um, to coincide with that Uh, october 4th is national night out Um, i'm sure you've heard some things from our police department about national night out super excited about that um that' will be in the council Chambers parking lots on Wednesday uh, here in the council Chambers. Um, October seventh is the farmers market. Uh, and um, we're all familiar with that. that'll be at community park. Um, October seventh through the eighth will be another uh, softball tournament the same weekend. Also that weekend at the Anderson Auto Group fieldhouse. Uh, the OG Ducks will be holding a football tournament. Um, October 8th through November 11th will be the Halloween Island. That's the group that did the uh, inflatables in Rotary Park last year. They're going to be back this year, starting in the 8th all the way through the November 11th at Rotary Park, October 13th through the 15th. We'll have our striper classic fishing tournament, um, and that'll be all along the river in the city. Um, October 14th is a white night in the park uh, by uh, um, in in Gary Keith Park is the fundraiser Um, October 14th is also the uh, mayor's RC race uh, which will be taking place um, at the uh, pickleball courts parking lot in Rotary Park. Uh, October 14th also the same day uh, community risk reduction and safety fair will be held at the Anderson Auto Group Fieldhouse. That one's put on by the Bullhead City Fire Department. October 19th we'll have our glow dodgeball tournament. Um, at the Optimum Community Center uh, that one's for teenagers and that's put on by our rec department October 20th through the 21st is going to be corn fest uh, need, need not say any more about the corn fest um, October 21st through the 22nd WSL softball Tournament at Rotary Park And October 25th, we'll have our walk away from drugs event as we do every year. October 27th um, through the November 1st will be our fall senior classic uh, softball tournament put on by our rec department. And October 28th uh, will be the great pumpkin race, also put on by our park department. So that's uh, my list of events and thank you for your time. Thank you Mackenzie we don't have anything going on do
13: we right and and those are those are your bigger city and or community events or tourism sports tourism related events you heard a whole bunch of other people that call to the public bringing up other events and activities Uh, we bring that up just not only to let the council know there's a lot of events and activities but to let our business community know that the fall season is setting in that means weekends will be busy stores will be busy roadways will be busy and so um, part of that is we also want to make sure there's recognition of that because sometimes our businesses uh, at least years ago would say why didn't you let us know we're gonna have all these activities in town um, for food and staffing and other things Um, just our word to our communities be ready for a very busy fall special event season thank you progress at our new Senior Center uh, you may be be able to see that when you drive by Train Road over by, behind the Senior Nutrition Center uh, grading is done now some of the plumbing is going in great the forms are being set up after the grading for the concrete work so it's moving right along uh, you can't get to the site but you certainly can look through the fence and see that our new Senior Center is well underway And then finally uh, end of parking fees in community park that was also brought up I called to the public Um, I did want to mention to council that uh, parking fees did end on Saturday and um, so now through basically May uh, it will be free for all to enter Uh, just for your numbers you might want to have your pens handy this is a question that people ask I promise you are the most transparent government you'll ever find. We made $561,200 on parking this year. Five <laughs> $561,200. All of that money goes back into the park. That's how we do our budgeting. Um, it will pay for improvements in the park this year and, and ongoing. Now, that being said, I've talked to some of you on council, I've talked to the mayor, dan Alfonso and i talked to residents up at the fair on friday the issue of fort mojave and laughlin is one that we will address in the off season we know that we know the concerns we understand what our neighbors are feeling we're not ignoring it but we also knew the council policy we knew we could get through the summer uh, don't disagree what w- was said at the podium that maybe there is a happy medium that we all can find um that's real money five hundred sixty one thousand two hundred dollars if you go to the tribal beaches there's a charge if you go to uh, Big Bend in Laughlin there's a charge if you go to the lake there's a charge if you go to Davis camp there's a charge so you know and we're investing all of that back into the park that being said um, I will bring something to the council in the off season where we can address that issue of how to uh, evaluate uh, and considerations for our neighbors that concludes my report
0: Thank you. Mayor and council member reports on current events. Anybody have anything?
4: Mr. Mayor. I would just like to say, as a Mojave High School graduate, congratulations to Mojave High School for bringing the golden shovel back to Bullhead City after 10 long years. Uh, Also, I would like to say congratulations to Mojave Community College this morning at our morning Kiwanis meeting. He talked about the groundbreaking that's going to happen on September 28th. MCC will be um, doing a groundbreaking for a new apartment complex which will be really great for the students that go there so congratulations to both of those
7: anyone else yes mr mayor want to remind everybody about the october fest october 30th at 10 a.m to 8 p.m is the entry is free and come and support the chamber and it's a, it's a big event so come on down and have fun september 30th thank you what did I say?
0: anyone else um i just wanted to um sue was talking about the bowling earlier and i can't take all the credit because it was a team effort bullhead city actually had a team we had the two assistant managers uh eddie and travis who helped to win my our score i think i averaged around 200 a game and i think eddie averaged around 185 a game and Travis came through at the end. <laughs> Actually, Travis, Travis helped us out very great at the end and got about three or four strikes in a row at the end to, to pull us through. Um, I also wanted to uh, to congratulate uh, Mojave High on bringing that shovel back. Thank God they did because when we were up in uh, Tucson, I talked a lot of smack to, to, the, to Mayor Cal Sheehy up there uh, and uh, they backed up my talk. They smoked him, it was 42 to, 42 to nothing. Um, but uh, they're also 4-0 right now, looking very good. I also don't want to leave out Malk High School. They're also 4-0 right now. So uh, our sports in our local town, not just in football and volleyball and softball and golf, uh, every sport there is, we are really excelling. So I just want to give a shout-out to all of our local schools. But a big thank you to the coaching staff and all the players for, uh, for Mojave because I'm telling you, uh, I talked a lot of smack uh, on that with the, with the mayor.
13: Highway 95.
0: The highway. The highway. I'll, I'll get on that when we okay. When we get to the other Thank thing. Uh, so that's it for that. Consent agenda. Any items to be withdrawn from the consent agenda? If not, I'll take a motion.
7: Anybody? Mr. Mayor, I move to approve the consent agenda as presented.
0: Second a motion.
7: i right, catch cast your votes.
1: Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number two. Discussion and possible action to appoint two real estate members to serve as committee representatives on the city's real estate owned committee.
13: Mayor DeMico Council members, we do have two applicants, Rocky vicera from Colorado River Top Producers Realty, and Ariana Romero from Keller Williams, Arizona, Living Realty. Both of them had prior commitments. I don't think either one of them came in late. Uh, but they're both uh, ex- expressing interest in serving and let us know that they won't, uh, had other commitments this evening.
7: Okay, they're not here. Second, a motion. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number two as read. Second. Catch your votes.
1: Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries.
0: Item number three.
1: Discussion possible action to adopt resolution number 2023 R42 approving intergovernmental agreement ADOT IGA number 23-0009324-1 transferring the jurisdiction of state route 95 within Bullhead City corporate limits subsequent to the completion of the current repaving construction project and upon approval of the state transportation board
13: mayor D'Amico council members we've talked about this numerous times it was on a previous agenda for resolution Uh, to show the state our commitment to this process Uh, also it was talked about at length at a workshop Uh, garn has worked very hard with the state to encapsulate uh, this agreement Um, it's an intergovernmental agreement much like others the state has signed to turn over jurisdiction of a state highway to a local jurisdiction this is not a small issue for us this is a huge issue for the city of bullhead we've been talking about this for quite some time we've put a lot of effort into it um, we've legislatively worked to get the money uh, essentially it wasn't in the five-year plan for it to get repaved thanks to mayor Brady mayor D'Amico and others who lobbied the state for the approximate 28 million dollars that'll be put into the, the road now for the repaving project so basically from the bridge uh, in Laughlin all the way south toward Needles we will be getting a new road so new asphalt to uh, mill and repave and that's where I've said before the mayor might have something to say about the current condition of the roadway so we'll get to that in a moment this agreement doesn't address that that'll be addressed uh, outside of this agreement but we will be getting a brand new roadway and at the conclusion of that then the State Transportation Board will finalize this agreement uh, in the meantime All new projects submitted will be under uh, the city approval authority so basically any new project that would come in that would have access on highway 95 the city would be reviewing the city would be working with them uh, as we go through the construction project as you know we already do a whole bunch of partnership with a dot we are crack filling we are filling potholes we are maintaining the lights paying for the lights taking care of weeds trash so this, while it may seem like a huge undertaking, the reality is the major undertaking is 20, 30 years from now, when, when the road needs to be repaved in total, just like now. So the city will have to plan for that in budget years to come, and of course lobby the legislature, like we have done recently, for the $8 million for more right turn lanes. This agreement is very specific on that $8 million. We will be receiving the $8 million shortly. So the money that Mayor D'Amico and our team and all of you lobbied for last year, that $8 million will be coming directly to the city now. We will be the ones engineering and designing all of those right turn lanes. We hope that through our efficiencies, we'll get a few more right turn lanes than if it were under ADOT's jurisdiction. We'll continue to partner with ADOT through this transitional process. There'll be some equipment and things that we have to share, some training we have to do. Uh, there is a minor cost of course as you know Um, it'll be a brand new road for a few years but eventually we'll have to fog seal and slurry seal and crack seal and maintain that roadway paint the lines do all those things that right now quite frankly we're doing a lot of anyway Um, this has been employed in maricopa arizona maricopa county other cities yuma across the state Um, this is something that uh, can be done in our case we believe it should be done Uh, for the betterment of our uh, community, our businesses, and the traveling public. Nothing against ADOT, in fact, there's a couple ADOT employees that are here that are gonna be presenting with Travis in just a moment. And Anthony, our district engineer, uh, the director was just in Kingman last Friday of ADOT. These are great people doing great things across the state. We just need a little bit more local control. We're a long ways from Phoenix, and we need things right now like potholes to be patched and the only way that that's gonna get done is if we do it and so uh, as we go through this process uh, as we've gone through with council I think most of you have realized that local control is really where we can do our best effort for our public for the traveling public and for our businesses so we ask your approval Uh, Garn and I stand ready and able to answer any questions again Thanks to Garn because he put a lot of time in this. It's it's a long document, but the wordsmithing uh, that he did was important for for our team as well. Happy to answer any questions you have.
0: Thank you, Toby. <clears throat> and I want to add too, we're also going to be taking a look at the center mediums, uh too, as as when we take over Highway Ninety Five uh, and see what we might be doing with those, as far as uh, uh, how we how we believe they should be done. Um, also, I just want I should have did this on my on my current events report um, there are some uh, and, and we did seal some uh, some potholes and then we got the rain and they kind of kind of went out we do have some serious potholes right right now uh, I've had a lot of people contact me um, they know I know my car knows um, but we are going to uh, partner with with a dot they are going to put signage up for us and we are going to go out there on Sunday evening and uh, fix these potholes uh, to hopefully get us through till the pavings coming down this way. But also, uh, I don't want to uh, make it look too bad on ADOT. We've gotten a really good relationship with them recently. Uh, Anthony, our local engineer, is just a wonderful guy. Uh, uh, our gentleman out here from the, from the state, uh, we've met out there with them a few times. Uh, they're very good partners with us. And I think this project is uh, gonna be a win-win for the state. It's gonna be a win-win for us, uh, every way you look at it. With that being said,
13: uh, would you like to have them come up and give? well a- they're technically here for travis's items they probably would defer all comments on this to anthony um, and anthony uh, wasn't wasn't able to attend but also everything that anthony asked for in the document that adot wanted i think garn could confirm that um, both sides are very happy with the end result of this iga and so i'd rather not put them on the spot until travis's item if you don't mind okay I'll let you off the hook this time Uh, any, any questions comments
0: Toby had a couple questions I was looking at the map and I see the area of abandonment to the city up towards the north side two questions on that that intersection of 95 and 68 and the Bullhead Parkway
13: Is that part of the project or is that intersection actually out of the project Uh, great question Uh, the way you see it is correct the intersection is out uh, for a couple reasons but uh, Anthony had asked that we move it just south of the intersection primarily because there's a giant sign there that the state wants to keep control you may recall that sign it basically uh, is the entrance which also gives signal um, uh, signage uh, for distance to needles and other things it's a big big sign and I think their request was to keep that sign so it's basically right at that big sign that goes over highway 95 Okay, so they'll be responsible for the lights at that intersection correct and so on. what about the bridge across the river so so the, the current bridge the Laughlin bridge is a dot and N dot N dot with primary responsibility for all of bridge maintenance the new bridge is Bullhead City and Clark County, both of us with joint maintenance responsibilities. Hmm. Thank you.
0: Any other questions, comments?
13: Anyone from the audience? All
0: right, then I'll take a motion.
6: Oops, a yeah,
0: don't be shy. Get the hand up there come on up.
6: Paul LeBold. I had uh Question on the road, and the only thing I have a problem with is, we own the parkway, I'm assuming. Correct. And the parkway's in pretty rough shape. See, so actually since the last Labor Day, the one before this one, it's all washed out on that. I think from Landon all the way down to 95. That hasn't been touched. So what kind of maintenance are we gonna do on 95? We can't do it on Bullhead Parkway. I mean, it's a great deal, this 95 deal is. Yeah, so uh, not to be argumentative, but
13: landed to Highway 95 is not washed out. We do maintain it. Um, there is a very clear driving surface right now. Um, we can slurry it, we can redo the asphalt there. We're right now applying for grants to redo all of the parkway. Um, we know that that's a 20 plus million dollar project and we will be working that into our CIP right now we've just been in maintenance mode to keep it what we would call average to good driving condition Um, that and if there's any washout in there or any debris I mean we can get out there and address it tomorrow highway 95 when we take it over will be a brand new road uh, coming this this really by spring it'll be done
6: yeah, that, I mean that—that's a good deal on a 95. But it's, I, the road itself isn't washed out on Parkway. It's—it's it's on the right where you can pull off the road. That's pretty tough shape. Just you'll see it. Yeah. Well,
13: kidding. no. You know what? And we'll make sure that we get yeah. get off there. Brooming those shoulders is an easy thing, and Angie yeah. will <laughs> Angie will treat you with some broom work out there very soon. <laughs> hey, no problem. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. there anyone else.
0: All right, I'll take a motion, please.
9: Mr. Mayor, I move to approve item three as read.
1: Second. Second. Cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number four. Discussion possible action to approve the proposal from Border States Electric <coughs> in the amount of $133,886, securing the order to purchase and install the motor control center for phase one of the reuse pump station at the Section 10 water reclamation plant for next year's project. Authorizing the city manager to effectuate the purchase when the product is available and to enter into a contract for installation and finding that waiving the competitive bidding requirement pursuant to Bullhead City Municipal Code Section 3.37.030D is in the best interest of the city.
13: Mayor D'Amico, Council Members, in 14 years, I've never presented an item like this where we're buying something that's not in the budget so mr clark will explain why we're buying something that's not in the budget
15: thank you mr cotta mr mayor council members the environment today is different than it has been in the past many many items that we purchase we have such long lead times that we have to purchase them a year in advance this is one of those types of items this item we have a 12-week turnaround to approve the final plans for this this product then it's a 52 week lag time before we actually receive the equipment now this isn't the first item that we've done that with Um, last year council approved the bar screen the new bar screens for the section 10 headworks project which is the next item on our list and that item was procured last year However, we still have not received it. We're supposed to receive it sometime between December and January of this year. Many, many products are like that nowadays. There's just such long lead times. Electrical equipment is a big one. Uh, the, The manufacturers are having trouble getting components, and then it's taking them very long times to put them together. Now, this item here is for a motor control system for our reuse for our phase one reuse project we just completed the first part of that but we're using the old electrical components on a temporary basis so that we can uh, get our effluent out of the plant Um, this will be the permanent final fix final component of that phase one reuse project now In the utility industry, just like in many other industries, we have certain components that we specify for certain uses. For example, in our distribution system, the only material we allow to be used for our service lines is a material called Municipex. For our generators that we order, we only use Cummins generators. Uh, For our brass parts, we use Ford and AY McDonald. For our manholes we had a big presentation here uh several months ago on Armorock. for our very large manholes and manholes that are in areas with high h2s gas we only use Armorock. so there are a number of things that we use that are very specific and they're specific items that we have selected based on the quality of the product the longevity of the product the utility of that project meaning that that is an item that our staff is very familiar with they know how to repair it they know how to work on it uh, in the case of this item that's before you right now we only use alan bradley control systems alan bradley is very flexible in his programming it is very good a good quality product our staff knows how to program it our staff knows how to how to work with it so we have very we have valid reasons for using specific types of materials for specific issues and this is one of those items so um, that's why we have selected this item this is all we use in our system we don't want to start using different types of controllers that makes it a lot more difficult for our staff and it makes it a lot more expensive for us when we go to using different components and trying to make them work so uh i present myself for any questions you might have
0: thank you. thank
5: you when does the money change hands on this
15: next year when we get the product so even though it's not in the budget this year we're not actually spending any money so as we go through the budget process for next year we will be putting the money in the budget for this particular item For example last year we ordered two generators we ordered a generator for our water operations and we ordered a generator for our wastewater those were not in last year's budget but we ordered them last year one of them we received about a month ago the other one should be coming in october
0: any other questions dan Uh gonna
16: to have to excuse me my little laptop is not working so I'm gonna to have to go with some bare notes I have uh, the only question I have on this is uh, somewhere in a paperwork I read where this went out to bid for bid May 17 2023 what was the results of that
15: this I this did not go out for a bid uh, what we did was we went out to see if there was anybody else other than border states that could provide this product but like many manufacturers allen bradley only allows border states electric to sell this product within this region that we're in so we couldn't didn't really go out for a bid we went out to see if there was anybody else that could provide this product and there was nobody else in this region that could
16: thank you very much
0: any other questions comments anyone from the audience all right i'll take a motion please
7: mr mayor motion to approve item number four is read.
1: second emotion motion seven in favor of the motion motion carries
7: item number five
1: discussion possible action to approve the contract with k constructors llc in the amount of seven million one hundred thirty nine thousand nine hundred fifteen dollars thirty cents for the section 10 water reclamation plant headworks construction and authorize the city manager to execute the contract and issue resultant payments
13: mayor diameco council members uh, a seven million dollar project desires a little bit of conversation with us, so Mark will give you a presentation. I know that most of you are aware of it, but we don't wanna just simply assume that, uh, or show you a $7 million project without a, a at least brief, in-depth conversation about what it is we're doing at the wastewater treatment plant. Uh, one thing also I'd like to point out before Mark's presentation is also, when people pay that 35 $36 every month, this is where that money goes. So it's not just to pay our employees and buy chemicals, it's for future capital improvements. So people ought to be comfortable knowing that we want to continue to improve the wastewater treatment facilities, It's not something that people probably think about every night when they are talking around the dinner table, but if it didn't work, everyone would be talking about it. So Mark, just give Mark a few moments if you wouldn't mind. And once again, seeing what it is we need to do uh, with this wastewater treatment plant. I just also wanted to add
0: to that too, that that's why our rates are so low. uh, If you compare them to other areas around here, because we're not making a profit, that money stays in that enterprise for specific projects like this. Good point.
15: Thank you, Mr. Cotter. Mr. Mayor, Council Members, I've got a presentation here uh, to help explain what it is we're doing at this plant. Um, ADEQ has rules that require once you hit 80% of your plant capacity, you have to begin the process of expanding that plant. We hit that 80% mark, which would have been 3.2 million gallons of sewage going through the plant every single day. Right now we're actually above that, but we finished the planning process and now we're beginning the construction phase at that plant. So this is the first phase of that construction from taking our wastewater treatment plant, our Section 10 wastewater treatment plant, from a four million gallon a day plant to a six million gallon a day plant. So we'll have room for additional customers to come online. The first phase of that, phase one, is this HeadWorks project. Uh, if you could go to the next slide please this is a layout of our section 10 plant. you see there's some green shaded areas on the right of this map and then some yellow towards the left side as you look at that map that very very top green little box you see there that is where our headworks project is going to go it's just outside of our admin building there and then from there we've got just below that you'll see our influent pump station and then below that the big green piece you see kind of in the center of your screen that's our oxidation ditch where we actually aerate the sewage that comes in and then a little bit below that you'll see another big green box that's our our aeration basin that we're going to be adding to the plant so going back to that top headworks project that's what I want you to focus on that is what we are going to be completing this year the aeration basin will be coming to you here in a couple of months because we need to do that as well Um, if you could go to the next slide the reason we need uh, a headworks as as we're going to be putting in here is for this reason there's a lot of material that winds up in the sewer system Kids and other people think it's funny to throw things down the sewer manholes and it just winds up getting into our pumps. This pump here was pulled out of the Section 10 plant. We spend somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 dollars to $200,000 a year just replacing and repairing these pumps because of rags getting stuck on them. If you go to the next slide please. These are more pictures of rags that get stuck in in these pumps. Sometimes it's not as bad as that first picture, but even these damage the pumps. We have to pull the pumps. Many times we have to replace them because it's so bad. You know those wet wipes that they say are flushable? They are not flushable. They may go down the toilet, but this is the damage that they cause further on down the system now the city has done some promos in the past trying to inform people and get them to understand why putting those flushable wipes down the toilet is bad this helps increase the cost of operating the wastewater system all these rags showing up in our system next slide please here's a couple more pumps with some more rags on them uh, like I said, we spend somewhere in the neighborhood of $150,000 to $200,000 that is just wasted money because we're repairing things like this from something that really should not happen. So, moving on to the uh, to the headworks, this is a picture of the outside front of what the headworks will look like. Uh, our engineering firm, as part of the engineering of this, they, they created these 3D images for us you'll see on the on the left side that tall tower (coughs) that is our odor control system sewage this kind of sewage especially uh, is very very smelly so that's why we have the odor control there Uh, next slide this is a picture of the back side of the building and you see there's kind of towards the left of the building that's a big roll up door And that is kind of the end process where uh, Republic will be coming to take all of that solid waste to the dump that we pull out of the stream. Because the types of material that we're looking to get out of the wastewater process are things like rags, two by fours, bowling balls, and you can imagine all the other kinds of really non-process items that we have to pull out of the system. The the wastewater treatment process is a biological process. It's it's there to treat things like bacteria, viruses, clean the water, but it's not really designed to take out things like rags and bowling balls and two by fours. Next slide, please. So this is kind of a side view looking inside of the plant. You see in there, there's those three kind of long columns. Those are 20 foot long conveyors what we call um, collections part of our collection system to take all of that material out Um, and what it will do is it takes it out of the stream which kind of the very bottom you can kind of tell you see there's uh, a little white there Uh, we have one line coming in and we split it into three and then those conveyors take out those solid materials and take them to the top where it goes on a conveyor belt and goes to our washer compactor, and then from there it goes into dumpsters and is taken away by by Republic. So, uh, next slide please. This shows you a close-up of that stream. So we have one stream coming in, and what we can do is if we need to do maintenance on any one of those lines, we can close it down, pull it out through the hatch that's in the roof, and maintain that thing and then put it back in. Uh, The lining of those streams are all made of Amarok material, so it's the same material that we use in our manholes in the high H2S areas. Next slide. So this shows you another view of the inside. We have an office upstairs. You see the little desk there, and that's our electrical room. It's completely segregated and separate from the room where we have the conveyors and all of the raw, raw material coming out. And the reason for that is to protect our electrical equipment, because H2S gas can be very damaging to electrical equipment, so we need to keep it separated. We also have um, protect personal protective equipment for our staff if they go into that other room. Uh, it's still, it's aerated, it's cleaned, um, but there is the potential for h2as to build up in there so we take precautions because we want our staff to be safe uh, next slide so here's another view from the side you see those really bright blue ends that's the conveyor belt because when material is brought up through that through that process uh, we have two conveyor belts there so we have one primary and a backup so if one goes out we still have a, a, a one that can operate, one belt that can operate. Um, unfortunately, uh, sewage doesn't stop. It doesn't run on a clock. It runs 24-7, 365 days. So we can't afford for to take this whole thing down. I mean, we can for a certain period of time, but we can't take it down for days. So that's why we have backups in here. So we really need two of these, these presses, uh, or the conveyors, and then one of those one of those conveyor belts is what we need. And then we've got one for backup in case one goes down. Next slide. So this shows you the backside. This is where those conveyors end and that room on the left there, those are supposed to be dumpsters for all of this material to go into. And then as I said, uh, Republic will come and then empty those bins for us and bring them back. Last slide, please and this shows you those conveyors so if you look closely um you'll see those uh the the um the the belts it's hard to tell from this but at the very end you can see there are two individual belts and we have a a mechanism there at the back end that allows us to switch from one belt to the other and so that's that's what our head works is. It's really to get rid of those rags and all the other material. And we do spend a lot of money uh, on an annual basis taking material to the dumps. Um, so I'd stand for any questions you may have.
0: Anybody have any questions, concerns? I, I just wanna say I'm glad this is our owned system because if this was an outside company that owned our sewage which a lot of cities still do including water and they had to do a seven million dollar project i can guarantee you our rates would be going up pretty good and ours are not yes
16: i just got a few things to say is first of all i understand that this is a uh, bullheads ongoing effort to uh repair improve <coughs> our wastewater system uh, one question I have, when you mentioned about uh, having Republic pick up refuge,
15: where do they take it? They take it to the Mojave dumps. Okay, mm-hmm.
16: okay the second question I have is, we're talking about a lot of money, $7.1 million. How is this funded?
15: Uh, this is funded by uh, partially by uh, WIFA funding and the rest by internally generated funds.
16: Thank you.
0: Could you add that the WIFA is a low-interest loan? Yeah, and this is and one of those
15: low-interest loans that we received.
0: And potentially some forgivable also?
15: Yes, we have a piece that's forgivable. Eddie did a great job there.
0: Just just wanted to add that in. He worked hard on that. I want to make sure uh, he gets credit for that. All right, any more questions, concerns? Anyone from the audience? All right, then I'll end. Okay.
10: Grace Telsner, Bullhead City. Will this system be able to accommodate all the new people we have coming here that we want to expand the city? Does that have to be have more you know, to it than what we have right now? If that accommodates what we have now, but if 50,000 people come to Bullhead City and we expand, will that still
2: be able to take care of
15: This will not take us to build out of the entire city to our 100, 110,000 people. But the plant is not designed to do that, the whole plant. This whole plant, when it is fully built out, is only gonna be an eight million gallon a day plant. That's all we have room for on this site. So once we get beyond that, we will actually have to build a new plant Mm -hmm. to take on to, to the city's ultimate build out, but that's, many many years down the road this is going to take us to 6 million then we'll do another 2 million increase when when we need to uh, sometime in the future and then that'll get us to 8 million gallons a day and then at that point you know we'll have to decide what we want to do treatment processes have changed quite a bit over the years our section 18 plant which is our other plant that's a membrane filtration plant much much more efficient much smaller footprint and so you can do a lot more in a lot smaller space. So uh, those are the types of things we would look at once we pass that 8 million gallon a day plant. But that's, that's, that's decades down the line.
10: Thank you, I hope you work to 100 years old.
15: <laughs> Thanks. I don't think my wife would appreciate that.
0: Anyone else from the audience? All right, then I'll entertain a motion, please.
9: Mr. Mayor, I move to approve item five as read. A second a motion. Oops. Wait a minute. Sue, I made a mistake. That's fine. No. Catch okay.
0: cash your votes, please.
1: Oh. Um, yes. Could everybody cancel your votes and re vote, please? Yes. There we go. There we go. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries.
7: Okay.
1: Item number six, discussion of possible action to adopt resolution number twenty twenty-three R forty-three establishing the Bullhead City Metropolitan Planning Organization.
13: Okay, Mayor and Council Travis Pruitt, our assistant city manager, will present this item good
17: evening mr mayor uh, council members and members of the public Uh, the item before you tonight is a resolution uh authorizing the establishment of the bullhead city metropolitan planning organization or mpo as you'll hear us refer to it tonight Um, i have a presentation uh, but before i get into that uh, i want to take a moment to introduce our guests here from adot Uh, you heard them uh, they got a uh, brief introduction but um, we'll have them come up and introduce themselves, and they can kind of share who they are and what they do. Um, but these two, they've been, our, they've been our partner throughout this whole process, uh, educating us, getting us up to speed to understand what an MPO is, um, and attending several meetings as we go through this. So um, They came all the way down from Phoenix. Um, you let them off the hook on the highway questions, but feel free to put them on the hook for the MPO questions. That's what they're here for. So, come on up.
14: Hi, uh, good evening um, uh, mayor uh, and also all other council members my name is Will Randolph I'm the ADOT Regional Transportation Planner currently for the WACOG region and I work very closely uh, with Travis through this whole process and we'll keep moving forward and it's uh, good to be here tonight and I will introduce my uh, manager Clint McOckney
3: good evening mayor and council and uh, Bullhead City staff and residents I'm Clemens Lagaki, I'm planning and programming manager for ADOT's uh, multi multimotive planning division. Um, it's really been our privilege and honor to be able to work with your fine team on this. It's a, it's a real challenge to do this, and Travis and the whole team has been super. And I wanna acknowledge that the uh, Federal Highway Administration and Federal Transit Administration were very helpful in providing us guidance you know, on how to do this. So we're here to support you. You know in what you decide to do, and we'll be here for you. Um, you know, you heard uh, Will here. You know, he works in the other regions, and if this goes through, then he'll be here for you. And he's a dedicated, hardworking guy, and uh, really serve you well here um, as this moves forward. So we're here to help, support, answer questions, whatever you are needed.
0: Thank you, and I appreciate your patience to sit through our council meeting uh, and waiting until the end. And <laughs> Did you guys stay? I, we just met last week. Uh, did you guys stay out here the whole weekend, or did you make the drive back again?
3: Uh, we went back and we and we came back, and it's worth it. It's a well, good, it's good I, experience. I, I
0: appreciate you putting all those miles on for us. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank You, you. Too. Thank you.
17: Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. All right, uh, Mackenzie, can you bring the PowerPoint up? Thank you. Okay. So again, this is a uh, proposal to establish the Bullhead City Metropolitan Planning Organization. Uh, Next slide, please. I'll, I'll, I'll be brief on this because uh, you and the council have already went through the introduction and have a pretty good understanding of what an MPO is but I wanted to walk through this a little bit again uh, just for the sake of the public maybe there's people listening in that haven't ha- uh, heard about this before so I'll walk through it but I'll be brief and again at the end or at any point if you have questions for me or the members are uh, a dot uh, uh, guests feel free to ask away um, so, background on this. So, what is an MPO? MPO is an independent planning body charged with transportation planning for uh, for the established metropolitan planning area. Uh, area. So, that includes roads, buses, um, bike lanes, bike paths, anything like that. But I want to put emphasis on a couple things. One, uh, it is an independent body, so it's not a branch of the city. It's a standalone body that's governed by the elected officials that are on the executive board, and you'll see a little bit more about the executive board as we progress on. Uh, why is an MPO important um, because again their focus is transportation planning but they uh, um, they focus on the entire urbanized area so of course in Bullhead City we're gonna do a good job on Bullhead City but the urbanized area spans a little bit beyond that so when it comes to roads roads also expand beyond that so the fo- the reason and the importance of the MPO is to ensure uh, the planning effort when it comes to transportation crosses all borders throughout the whole urbanized area. Um, And then of course, how is this paid for? So the bulk of this uh, MPO is paid for uh, from federal funding. Now that comes primarily, or a portion of it comes from the, the gas tax. So it's about bringing those tax dollars back to uh, to us to be able to establish these uh, MPOs now there is a requirement that the city uh, uh, do a reimbursement of it's actually I got a slight typo on here it's five point five point seven percent I put five point eight but it's actually five point seven so there is a uh, um, the city does have to fund a portion of this but it, it can be an in-kind match so anything we provide from paper IT assistance legal assistance, my time um, anything related to the MPO operations can be a kind of an in-kind match so I envision the majority or if not all of that being just kind of in kind uh, services to the MPO so just to back up a little bit of how this all got started so we we, uh, received a letter from next slide please We received a letter from the uh, Department of Transportation informing us that we are now a part of this urbanized area um and so two things um so we got the letter but an urbanized area is actually what it is is it's an area that the u.s census bureau sees kind of a grouping of people growing in in this particular area and it exceeds fifty thousand residents in a particular area so once the census bureau kind of designated that as an urbanized area the other item that comes into play is now you have to form an npo if you're gonna to continue to receive transit funding. And that is the funding that we get from the federal government to fund the majority of our, um, our transit operations, so busing and things like that. So, next slide please. And all, most of these documents, will be in your packet, so you can look it over um, and kind of look through things. Um, but this actual, this document here on this slide, it's not in the packet. It's just a matter of timing. Uh, we didn't get it in time to include it in the packet. But what it is, is a letter from the um, uh, Mojave County Board of Supervisors and basically expressing their support for the MPO. They will play a role in this. Um, because the urbanized area crosses over into some areas um, that go into uh, Fort Mojave and Mojave Valley so the supervisors will play a role in this so they actually uh, took it up at a at a meeting and authorized a letter of support Um, so it's not in the packet but I have it available to you if you want to see it next slide please uh the next item now this one is it in your in your packet this is the actual uh map for the the mpo and then on this map there's a couple of things so the blue area in the map is the original area the urbanized area that was designated by the u.s census bureau and they said this is the area that your mpo should operate in but one of the things you need to do is you need to think forward about 10, uh, 10 20 years out and start to think about where development may happen and they said okay. And then what you do is you kind of revise your area of where you think some growth opportunities, where roads might be, where pathways may need to be placed, where there may be need to be some construct or uh, road development done. Um, and then you expand your area because to be able to get federal funds to work on that stuff, it has to be within that your new within your defined uh, area of operation so you see we started off with the blue and then we expanded it beyond that into the green areas to say okay we wanted to cover all these areas to make sure if there's anything that comes up that we want to do in those areas we can get federal funding to do it um, so when we went through this process to define this map, we brought in our public works director, our development services director. Um, uh, we all kind of got around the table, a bunch of us, and started to kind of think about, okay, where might the development happen? Where will housing development happen? Where will road development happen or need to happen? Who owns the land and all of that? And that's how we came up with this, this map you see before you here. So basically what this boils down to is The all of the area you see in the green speaks to that is the area that the MPO will have the authority. Doesn't mean they have to, but they'll have the authority to pursue projects in those areas and work towards planning elements in those areas. All right. Next slide, please okay and this one you've seen this before this is a general organizational makeup of an MPO so I wanted to share this just so you understand how this body will look so of course at the bottom you see the MPO planning staff these are the paid folks that you will be hired and that'll be their daily duty to do planning operations for the MPO typically that is about uh, two maybe three people on staff again those the paid staff that work day to day um, and then next you have the technical committee to your left there uh, these are members of the various from the cities the county and these are your engineers your public works director people like that that have the kind of technical knowledge to be able to move the um, uh, make technical decisions related to our roads and our uh, planning for transit and things of that nature and then uh, you, of course, have your executive board. Now these are your, um, um, these are your executive members who have voting authority who uh, make all the final uh, approvals, decisions, and things of that nature. And then you'll, you'll, I'll show you a slide of how that kind of will look in just a bit here. And then also you may have other subcommittees at times that work on specific items or, or things of that nature. Next slide, please. So as I mentioned, this is the uh, technical, technical committee layout, um, and you have this in your packet, but uh, I'll speak to it a little bit. Just um, So at the top uh, the chair of the technical committee will uh, typically be the uh, assistant city manager. So it could be me or Eddie, whichever we choose uh, to work on this. And then you have a vice chair, human services director. Um, And then also board member is a, you have a Mojave County representative, so that's typically an engineer from the uh, Mojave County. And then another second uh, Mojave County representative, another another engineer typically. And then public works director, um, Bullhead City Transit Manager, uh, and then you have an ADOT representative. And then A.D.O.T. planning, another A.D.O.T. planning representative that might focus more on what they call multimodal items. So you're you're talking just a wide range of different transit uh, matters. And then we typically have a W.A.C.O.G. representative on there. So those are your technical members who will kind of do the really hands-on, in-depth work of putting together the plans and uh, figuring out what makes sense for the uh, planning element. Next slide, please. So next you have your Bullhead City Executive Board. So these are your elected members who are, these are the true uh, decision makers or final decision when it comes to all the matters related to, um, to the uh, MPO. Um, again, as I mentioned before, the MPO is not a branch of the city. It is a standalone organization, so the elected members truly are the ones kind of um, making all the final decisions here. So on the Bullhead City um, Executive Board, uh, the chair uh, would be the Bullhead City Mayor, Vice Chair, Bullhead City Vice Mayor. Uh, you have, a, as a board member, Mojave County Supervisor from District 2 and then a uh, another board member bullhead city council member and uh, you typically have an arizona state transit board member on on there Um, fort mojave tribal chairman and uh, this is an important part Um, as we expanded that map you saw earlier we took it into those uh tribal areas because one of the things we noticed is there is a significant presence all throughout there um, the land ownership versus county ownership is pretty uh, the tribe owns a significant portion of that land down there uh, we have roads running through there, um, transit pr- uh, opportunities down there so we thought it was important to invite the tribe to um, participate on the board we have some initial verbal agreement to do so we'll, we'll work through and finalize all that but we are looking that they will be a um, a voting board member And then finally, the Mojave County Supervisor from District 5 would also be the final member making up the board. So that is the general layout of the board. Next slide, please and i won't spend a lot of time on this slide but i wanted to share it this is basically a timeline of everything we've done uh, as uh, leading up to all of this and i wanted to share it because i just wanted you to understand we have put a significant amount of effort and one initially we had to learn everything about the MPOs and get a firm understanding of it so a lot of it was meeting with adot folks um we've met with Um, several of the MPOs throughout Arizona. We even met with an MPO out of Indiana Um, just to understand this stuff. Some of the we met with Laughlin because originally as you saw on the map Laughlin was supposed to be included or a section of Laughlin was supposed to be included in this MPO now there was a caveat if they're in an existing MPO they're allowed to opt out and they chose to opt out and, re- and remain in their existing in uh, MPO which is uh, RTC um, uh, Southern Nevada so Um, But we did meet with them, we spent a lot of time kind of uh, of talking through that and uh, working through that piece of it. Um, But you have this in your packet, so you can refer to this. Uh, But again, like I said, significant amount of time going through this, making sure we had everything covered and we have a good understanding of this process. Next slide, please. So I'll just do a quick recap of everything Um, as mentioned uh, Bullhead City will be an independent body guided by the technical committee and overseen by the executive board again it is not a branch of the city or the county and the elected officials that are over the board are the true decision-makers and kind of um, all they are the um, the um, basically the boss of the the um, paid uh paid employees that are on the actual mpo um, also the mpo will primarily focus on transportation planning for the de- designated planning area so really that is the charge of an mpo um, it is supposed to put plans long-range plans together for roads transit anything transportation related so they're not really a project oriented body however um, there is opportunity for them to seek out funding and try to develop projects related to transportation and we will leverage that take advantage of that Um, also mpo will be funded by federal funds uh, distributed from uh, federal funds that are distributed through the state so the city does have that as i mentioned earlier 5.7 match but it again it'll be an in-kind match Where we're going to try to leverage as much as possible. Where we're just uh, um, getting reimbursed for any uh, efforts or expenses that we're putting into this again, like paper, legal help, um, um, anything related to the MPO. Again, um, while that uh, that is there, that MPO still can go after grants to kind of increase those funding opportunities. Um, and then finally the MPO will uh, promote a broad-based focused approach on transportation planning for the entire designated planning area again doesn't stop at the borders it's for that whole urbanized area um, that you saw on the map next slide please so next steps. so if you choose to approve this resolution tonight, uh, the next thing that we need to do is we need to package all this up, get it over to the ADOT director, um, send a letter asking the ADOT uh, director to support it. If the Dot director su- chooses to, which I hope so, we've been going through this hand in hand the whole way, Um, then the the uh, governor would have to review it at that point the governor would then make a decision um, if she uh, she chooses to support it if she chooses to support it then it goes to the federal highway administration and they're kind of the final point of review on this to say yes okay we authorize the establishment of this uh, MPO And then from there, that's when the real work starts, where we would uh, set up the executive board, bylaws, get all of that in place, and make the MPO uh, ready to hire staff. Next slide. And that is it for the MPO, and I stand for any questions, as well as our visitors here with us, too. Thank you.
0: I have a question for i guess our visitors could answer this better is there when you go out for grants is there specific grants for mpos or are we competitive with everyone else going after some
3: of the same grants yes mayor and council uh, there are some federal grants that mpos may apply for generally what occurs is you know there are many more federal grants that cities and towns and counties can apply for so at your mpo table you know you can sit and talk together about what's to the best advantage of the region to bring in the money for the region so there's you know a coalescence there that uh, you know creates more opportunity okay thank you
17: Thank you Glenn that was a a good good response just to add to that a little bit um, there are specific grants that are solely come out for uh, MPOs there's some I mean there's some competitive between the whole state and the other MPOs. so sometimes we're in competition with our other MPOs Um, there's some that are considered non-competitive where okay basically if you have a need and it fits your need you apply you're pretty likely to get it. So the wide range of MP or grants that are specific to MPOs. Now the MPO, depending on your time and your staffing, can always go out beyond that and apply for a, a number of other grants. So any of those other federal grants that are out there available, they can apply for those too. So really, um, there is a lot of dollars on the table available to these MPOs, but a lot of it has to do with time staff time and, uh, um, and uh, availability and ability to apply.
6: Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyone on council have any questions, concerns? Where's the actual physical
13: home of the MPO? Is it just gonna be some rooms over in city hall or? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Councilmember, it. it hasn't been determined yet. Uh, we will de- determine that if you approve this item tonight. Um, so as Travis mentioned, there could be some in-kind efforts of the city. Uh, there could be some other funding mechanisms for other locations we don't have a lot of extra free space uh, in our current facilities though as mark clark chuckles a little bit at me he's he's vying for some space right now himself (laughs) so a good question Uh, but some mpos are working out of city hall some are not any other questions yeah
16: all three of you probably can jump in on this one to initially implement the MPO, how much seed money or funding will be required from Bullhead City?
17: Oh, that's a good question. Um, if you, I'll, I'll start, and then if one of you wanna come up and kind of follow up with me. Um, but, um, so typically as we go through this um, and start to develop this, we may have to spend some money, but it is reimbursable. So as we go through this process, the uh, they've already allotted, kind of money for this year so we have money available Um, it may be a situation where we spend money and we get it back um, a little bit down the road so we're reimbursement but we still we're only held to that 5.7% match at this time so do you want to speak more to that claim or will
3: just briefly uh Mayor and Council, I, you know, agree with with this, and and then it becomes it com- comes up to the the MPO members to determine if they want to add more or not. There are some MPOs that collect dues from the member agencies; some do not. It just it just depends. So we so we do provide the funding. It's in the neighborhood of three hundred thousand dollars. It's a combination of federal, metropolitan planning funds that you're entitled to, um, and then we have state planning and research funds, which we voluntarily provide. Uh, that's part of that, it's about $125,000, which is part of that roughly 300. And so the, the match goes to those federal funds. Uh, that's how it works.
17: And if I'm correct,
3: those funds, that uh, $300,000 has already been allotted
17: to us, um, available for this year, correct?
3: Yes. Yeah, so once the MPO is formed, then we would begin the machinery to, to get the funds to you. Even though the fiscal year started a long time ago, we've, we've been holding those in anticipation that if, if this is formed, that we have that ready for you.
0: Great. That was going to be my next question, if it was fiscal year or, or calendar year on the funding.
16: One other. Is, is there any chance that deals would be included, or is that strictly segregated from, because it's going to be just an Arizona project?
17: yeah at, at this point they weren't originally included in the urbanized area um so they're in throughout this process um they are not included in this mpo however if i understand correctly they're going through a similar process is that what we saw today um, um i'll let you but i'll just the long short there are under our initial plan that's we're moving forward today we don't have, uh, they wouldn't be included in this.
14: Yeah, uh, Mayor, members of the council, um, so needles to the south, there's a whole other process that we have to deal with as ADOT staff that's called urbanization or urban urban areas that the census makes, so they have their own pocket to the south, but they wouldn't be as part of the organizational structure of this MPO. Thank you.
7: Thank you. thank you very much Any
14: other person? yeah mr. mayor
7: my question uh, for the governor signing off is that just a formality since it seems like it's something we have to do is is there a reason why she would reject it or I, I hope
17: it's a formality but I'll tell you this um, <laughs> we're gonna lay the groundwork a little bit we were talking about this earlier so we're gonna get out in front of it um, depending on your uh, decision um if you choose to approve it i would already be on the phone with the governor's office kind of laying the groundwork saying hey this is coming to you even before it gets to the adot director just kind of giving them a heads up and make sure it's smoothing the way a bit so let's hope it's a formality she has the authority to not approve it um, but uh, we've we've done everything kind of with these gentlemen's help We've done everything above board, consistent with the normal standard. So our expectation would be, yes, you'd sign it. But I'll lay the groundwork to make sure that to help that go through a little bit.
0: All right,
7: thank you, good
0: job. Any other
3: questions, comments?
13: Mayor, just one last comment, Travis brought it up. I would like to reiterate Chairman Tim Williams from the (laughs) Port Wahave Indian Tribe and their involvement in this. Um, They're great neighbors of ours to the south. this brings the connectivity with the tribe which is directly south of the city limits while you might think there's a lot of county land to the south the majority is for mojave indian tribe and so partnering up with the county is great but partnering up with the fort mojave indian tribe really is what's best for this region
0: anyone else anyone from the audience
8: Eva Corbett, Bullhead City. Does this include some of our projects that we're planning, like the um, extension of the uh, Mountain View
0: Mountain uh, would, View Road?
13: I, I would say it potentially could. You're correct, Mayor. Yes. I, I mean, essentially anything dealing with transportation planning uh, discussions on Mountain View, Vanderslice I 11, I mean, all of those things could potentially come into play with the MPO discussion. Discussing that, of course, that'll be at those MPO meetings outside of the city council chambers, but definitely that would be the place where a lot of those planning efforts start.
0: Any other questions? All right, then I'll entertain a motion,
7: Mr. Mayor. Motion to approve item number six
1: as read. Second, a motion. Got your votes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries.
0: That concludes our meeting. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you.